0: Why do we have to bring this up now?
1: I mean,
0: are we done? Are we done <laughs> here? Oh, sorry. Are we done here? So I
1: think that's the <laughs>
0: it's the death knell of this episode. Yeah, thanks, thanks yeah, so much. No I would count on you <clears throat> to ring that knell. Welcome back to the uh, Why Do I Talk To You podcast. Uh, I am still, for some reason, Saul Starship 4.
1: I'm still here, for some reason. And <laughs> am Dave, Dave Gamer Dave Naples.
0: Uh, welcome back to uh, this being our third episode of, uh, of our newly formed podcast here. Uh, if you've been following us since episode one, thank you for coming back, and uh, we hope that we can still get your support for episodes to come. Um you already are
1: is the dread setting in like it is for me yeah a little bit yeah i'm
0: telling you man. this is this is craziness it is we're dave and i are a little bit nervous to tackle this topic right now we are trying to make our our choice of episodes as timely as possible um in terms of anything new that's coming out in the world of gaming or the world of movies what have you and um due to a recent um re release a re-release yeah a re-release of a very popular game which is the title of this podcast episode right now we're trying to
1: hide it like we're not going to put it on the title yeah it's funny i always find that funny i guess so right
0: (laughs) but you know um we're talking about we're talking about undertale straight up i mean why am i trying to hide it uh we're talking about undertale and if you've spent any amount of time on the internet even if you haven't played the game undertale or not you know that this game is a heavy heavy game in terms of fandom yeah. Uh, it has been a long time since a game has come out with this heavy of a fandom off of just one game and in such a short amount of time too uh,
1: that's arguable I always compare it to Five Nights at Freddy's which oh. is actually it was actually like they came right like one after the other where it was like Five Nights at Freddy's fam then Undertale and it was just like people went crazy and the fandoms were notorious
0: yeah except five nights also has many many games to its name too
1: yeah i mean i don't remember how many had come out by the time undertale hit but i mean it only really took one game for five nights to become the internet sensation that it was well undertale is
0: two years old now yeah which is crazy also uh so five nights came out in 14 which would be the so same only one year yeah okay the first crazy. one did really and then well okay we're not talking about FNAF though nope But I just thought it was right. Yeah. Um, So, because of the recent PS4 re-release, which is and PS Vita, and PS Vita Vita still exists. That's (laughs) That's still thing. My Vita. It's got Undertale. We figured that it might be uh, slightly timely uh, to do an episode on Undertale because it has been several years that a game, and I'm talking personally, a game has affected me as much as Undertale has. Um, It's been quite a while. Uh, this is just a small indie game. It's not very long, not expensive at all on the Steam store or wherever you're going to buy it. And, and and yet it's such a small little product uh, that put just a giant impact on, on both myself and Dave.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I should start talking about I'm just going to talk about how we came across it.
0: Go ahead. You, um, the, you were the one that introduced it to me. Yeah,
1: I found it. So I knew Undertale was a thing that existed just by being around the internet. Um, I didn't necessarily... This is another one of those games similar to FNAF. I bring it up because they were both sort of in this era of Let's Players played it, and that made it really huge. Um, so I didn't watch, you know, the premier Let's Players play it, like, I don't know, Jacksepticeye or Peavey Pie or whatever. Um, I don't necessarily follow those guys. There's nothing wrong with them. It's not for me. But it was... You know, I saw Undertale stuff around. I think I might have seen something on the Game Theorists or... Uh, maybe on um, one of Gerard's channels like uh, I th- yeah I, th- I think I said, did see a little bit of the playthrough on the Super Beard Bros channel he does I just saw um, like fan
0: art of like skeletons and I'm kind of, like <laughs> what is this Ske- oh skeletons it
1: was around Halloween so it might have just been like oh spooky like whatever
0: yeah I thought maybe it was like some sort of making fun of Halloween game or something
1: Yeah, um, but you know I was initially just like oh okay whatever this is a game that exists and then I started hearing people say oh, it's like the new Earthbound. Like, it's heavily inspired by Earthbound. And I was like, oh, Earthbound. Like, I I love that game. I didn't play it uh, when it was out on SNES. I never heard about it because it,
0: you can look up Earthbound and see why this sort of marketing campaign didn't work. But I Earthbound think. probably is the biggest like cult classic in like, pro- or at least uh, definitely on a list yeah. of like cult classic games in the West. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, Toby Fox had a had a background of doing Earthbound ROM hacks, uh, so he obviously loved the game too. And people were like, oh, it's got the same sense of humor. It's got a lot of the same elements, and I loved Earthbound. I thought that its tone was fantastic. I thought the way that it shifted back and forth between a really great sense of humor and really heavy stuff was, it was really good. Uh, the game had its problems in terms of it didn't age very well. The gameplay is a bit dated, um, but like the, the heart and soul of it was all there. And so when people were like, Oh, it's like the new earth, I was like, oh, okay. But I was immediately turned off by the fandom. Like they were so loud about everything. This is the best way to say it. They were everywhere and they were insistent that this was the best game ever. And, We've kind of mentioned this before, but in our heart and soul, Saul and I are kind of contrarians yeah, by nature. I, I don't
0: want to admit it, but you, you're right.
1: We kind of, like, I guess, are we, are we hipsters somewhere deep inside? No. Not bad. Not no, bad. Okay. I, I think
0: hipster and contrarian can be, can walk together, but they don't necessarily <laughs> have to be together. You okay.
1: know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Um, and so I think the thing that sort of turned me away from it was the GameFAQs poll. Did you ever hear about this? No. So Game Facts, I think it's a thing they do every... How is it Game Facts? I'm, I might actually be... Maybe it was GameSpot. It was one of those ones that started with game. Every year they do like a uh, like a fan contest where you can vote for what the best video game of all oh, time is. Oh, I think is. this was
0: GameSpot, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they do like... You vote for the best video game of all time. It's like a bracket, so you vote this game versus this, this game, blah, blah, blah. And so I was on... I think I was on the reddits uh because i follow the smash bros scene and so super smash bros melee was on there so i'm on you know the smash reddit and people are just kind of like like just they weren't railing about it like i heard was happening in other corners of the internet but it would come up in passing conversations like yeah the undertale fans undertale fans blah blah and it's like what is what is happening and basically just what happened was Undertale beat out a lot of classically great games this was a game that had only been out for a matter of months because I think this poll ran in like November or something but it just had just exploded so hard that people were putting it in this category and the fan base was so like just feverishly following this game. like best game, best game, best game of all time and it was just like this is insane like this game has to be overhyped I was like this game has to be overhyped but it was an RPG. It was in the vein of Earthbounds. I was like I, like, I need... And people were like, the music is so good. And I'm a sucker for a good soundtrack. <laughs> and so I was just like, like I need to play this game. It's only 10 bucks. Like, whatever. So I guess it must have been early 2016 that I finally decided to pick it up. Um, I think it was around the same time I picked up Stardew Valley, actually. Which was another great indie game. Um, but in any case, I picked it up. And I just immediately fell in love like the game was so good like the things that it was doing were so innovative and so it it took the fact that it was a video game and it took full advantage of it it did things that other video games like didn't do and taking advantage of the technology and taking advantage of memory um and everything it it said and did with its characters had like a weight to it it just like it really just made you feel feel everything that it wanted to make you feel and it was crazy good i was just like completely enveloped in it like everything it was doing i was into like when i played that game it was like full immersion like boom and you were just you were in it and i was like Saw you gotta play this
0: game yes, and he was yes like he was. Uh, i
1: don't know
0: <laughs> generally whenever dave tells me to do something i just want to not to because i'm like a <laughs> contrarian. Yeah, yeah but every time like, so, don't walk off that cliff. i'm not <laughs>
1: I have yet to lead you astray. I insist. I maintain that. Uh, I tell you to do that. It's just like... Uh... you me
0: wrong. Well, I'm I'm thinking like movies.
1: Well, we have a disagreement on movies a little bit. Yes, we do. Um,
0: Okay, in any case, yes, I I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was not too too long after Dave um, had just finished playing his playthroughs of Undertale, but... Um, he was trying to get me to do it, um, and and not just me, but like all of his other friends, because he yeah. wanted to share the gospel, pretty much. And um, and so he he pushed on me to do it like a lot, like really a lot. I was getting annoyed, definitely. Um, and but then all of a sudden there was a sale, so maybe it was during the summer or whatnot. Maybe. Where Dave was just kind of like, "It is like it's like five bucks right now. Like, why would you not? It's just five bucks." So I was just like, "You know what?" <sighs> Fine, jeez, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Fine, whatever. And so I did it, and then I got like Call of Duty at the same time. Also, and just like stick it in your eye, or whatever. <laughs> like once I'm doing this dumb indie game, I'll play yeah. some Call <laughs> of Duty, a
1: real yeah. game.
0: <laughs> and uh, and so I remember playing it, um, like pretty. I I played it one day. Um, I got through. I don't know, like a, a a solid like eighth of the game. I think when I did, and. I enjoyed it at the time and it was enough for me to keep going. But, um, and, and you know, before we go on also, we do have to say this about the game, um, the game, we are trying our best and we're going to try our best this entire episode to not spoil anything huge. Yeah. There are a, a big wide variety of things to spoil in this game that, that it is, it is genuine. It's not like spoiling the plot of a movie or, or or anything like that. Like it is definitely a thing that we both firmly agree that you have to just experience yourself. Um, yeah. If you want to, if you want to spoil it like for yourself, I mean, like be our guest. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of videos that are doing it's that. It's Not hard.
1: There's so much Undertale stuff out there it's, if you really want to know.
0: It does seem that like every video that covers Undertale, and I'm thinking of of completionist review of Undertale, that they are pretty adamant about this too. That they they do not want. You to be spoiled on it. They want you to experience it first. Well, Toby
1: was insistent on this too. I mean, if you read his official Undertale it's a Tumblr, right? I don't actually remember. It's a blog he has, um, and he talked about in the initial year. He was actually so he realized how important it was that this game wasn't spoiled, and so he would actually reach out to Let's players, trying to ask them not to spoil things. And of course, they did, and then, you know, it was kind of an unreasonable request <laughs> on Toby's behalf in a way. But at the same time, like he realized like if you know what's going to happen some of the magic of this game is lost and its ability to constantly surprise you is
0: one of its biggest strengths and so we don't want to take that away um so we may end up going down some some conversational paths and just be like ah, it, as far as go. <laughs> pretty much um, but like we said, you know, if if you want to, I mean, feel free, but the game is still just $10 on Steam and it goes on discount pretty frequently yeah, as sure well. Yeah, so I've straight up advised you just to do it right now. We are going to do our best not to spoil anything, but even still, you should just play the game regardless. Yeah. So we're going to talk just a little bit about about just the game itself as much as as much as we possibly can. Uh, we already mentioned already that it's an RPG. It um, very much in the style of Earthbound. Uh, that, that Not in
1: terms of gameplay. Th- this is important too because one of the biggest things about this game is the gameplay is completely different. But in the in sort of the sense of humor it has and its ability to hit on really humorous stuff and really serious stuff like almost in the same breath, its writing is very Earthbound. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the art feels very Earthbound. The tone overall is less bright and fun than Earthbound. Earthbound in the whole Mother series, um, it all takes place in, in a very bright and colorful world, uh, which sort of makes the darker stuff just, juxtaposed a little bit differently. Uh, this game sets itself in a more dark uh, world overall, and it's sort of it's the opposite. It juxtaposes the humor very well. Um, it sort of emphasizes the humor with its general dark art and atmosphere I guess
0: so it's not spoiling to say this but the the main premise of the game and I do mean the main premise is that you play uh, you play a genderless child who falls down uh, falls down this hole on top of uh, this mountain called Mount Ebit Ebit, whatever Um, and and before before this though even the game prefaces that long ago uh, humans and monsters used to used to live together Um, and then basically humans banished monsters into the uh, into the underworld um, and so now our, your, your protagonist uh, goes yeah. up Mount Ebit and falls down a hole that leads him straight into the underworld. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of your adventure takes place in this underworld. It's, it's the undertale is, is why it's called that essentially. Um, so your whole, the whole game is you traversing uh, this whole underworld uh, meeting new characters, uh, meeting new friends, meeting new enemies uh fighting monsters not fighting monsters um that is probably the biggest thing that separates the gameplay of this game uh from any other you know conventional rpg or what have you um apart from the the fighting style which you know in in general turn-based rpg is just you hit the fight button when it's your turn you hit him damage is done rinse and repeat uh this one if you, can, if you can visualize it uh, you can also see this in trailers as well yeah. uh, your character takes, takes the place of a small little heart avatar and the attacks are done in this small little window as if it was a top down shooter like uh, Galaga Xevious uh, all those other types of things and you just kind of control the heart and try not to get hit by these white objects that are like, coming your way Uh, Which I mean, it sounds kind of easy at first, but it can it can definitely it ramps up the difficulty. (laughs) It is actually, yeah, Yeah. it most definitely ramps up the difficulty. But Mm -hmm. as you learn early on in the, in the very early stages uh, by one of your uh, by one of the other characters that you meet first well not the first not the first really. character <laughs> one yeah. of the first characters that you meet the second
1: character right
0: second character yeah. um you can choose not to fight mm-hmm. and it's not just a, a runaway run away thing although you do have that option too but you can choose to just talk to the monster that you encounter straight up like it, there's a there's a little act ch- action button ch- chat. just <laughs> chit ch- chat, <laughs> ch- ch- chat. Uh, and and uh, the dialogue box also gives you like different options of like what you can say to these particular people, and then um, and then if you want, sometimes you'll get the monsters like sort of friendly with you, and then you can just spare them. Yep. And that's it. That's it. End the fight.
1: Your buds. It's great. Yeah. Uh, we don't. I mean, it's not a spoiler because the game talks about this, and it's like on its Steam description. it's the, it's the RPG where you don't have to destroy
0: anybody. And And that in and of itself was like the biggest thing that Toby wanted to make. Yeah. So he wanted to make an RPG where you don't have to kill everything.
1: Yeah. And that that makes sense, right? Like in an RPG you should have a certain amount of choice, but in most RPGs it's like you gotta kill stuff to progress and like that's it, and that's fine. But the fact that you can you can make a game. It's like why don't we make a game where you don't have to kill anybody? It's like well it's, it's like you can. That's what games are for. You can do anything. Like you can put that power in the player's hand, and so it does. Um, and the way that it does it is really smart because it starts off. Everything starts off antagonistic, basically. Every battle starts off antagonistic. Uh, you. The enemy will be attacking you. He it's will it's be a random damage. battle, too. You're walking yeah. around. Yep, they're random battles. You don't see them coming. Uh, and you can fight. And we should mention, too, we, we don't even mention this because the fight button just became anathema to both of us after a while. It's just like, oh, don't touch the fight button. <laughs> like, you monster. But that's, what it, that's how it makes you feel, which is fan-freaking-tastic. But even the fight option, uh, it works on this it's hard to explain but your bar starts on one side it's and like a time it's of a time action. thing uh you want to hit it hit the button when it's right in the middle of the little thing it shows you it's a really weird like oval thing that looks like some kind of like ancient
0: rune or it just looks yeah, weird yeah and it also changes depending on the weapon that you have yeah some you. of
1: the weapons you have to hit actually multiple times in that spot and so the timing is different um so even even the fighting thing is like it's always interesting it's different it's not just push button do damage duh uh but if you choose not to do that, you can do the act button. And at that point, it becomes like a puzzle game because you have to figure out, based on usually verbal clues, because the enemy will continue talking to you or doing something specific while it's their turn. And you just have to try these different options. And one of them will eventually make the monster happy. And it's not always the same thing. Uh, sometimes you have to do the same thing multiple times. It's not always obvious. Like There's, there's a lot of different... Aspects to it, um, to where whether you want to fight or whether you want to not fight, it keeps the battle system interesting because every monster is different. They all have their different attacks. Um, they're all different ways
0: for you to spare them. Uh, Essentially, if you want to spare a monster, you really have to get to know them yeah. and their particular personality. You really get to know them. You know what like, I mean? Though? Yeah, it's like, cause no, they're I, not I agree. It's like, just yeah, they're not necessarily characters, but totally built characters. They character. all have personalities. Okay, personality. That's, that's a fair, that's a better way yeah. of saying it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is, th- I would say that is the biggest distinction uh, from it from other RPGs um, is that it gives you that idea. Um, this game is hilarious. Also, yeah. by the way, <laughs> this game this game is just absolutely hilarious because every
1: one of the options you pick in the fight will it will get a different response from the monster, and all of the jokes are written perfectly, like they're timed perfectly, which is weird in a game where you can't necessarily always like control when they're going to get it, but like they're all just spaced perfectly and they're funny and clever and dry. And it's
0: a lot of it is also, I mean, it does rely on the fact that you are playing an RPG, which those aren't usually known for being humorous Mm -hmm. or taking jabs at its own self. Um, and a lot of it kind of relies on that as well. Like, you know, you wouldn't think like, Oh wow, these jokes are like the most hilarious jokes ever. It's just, it, it, when you're immersed in the world and it's easy to be, when you're playing undertale, like these jokes become hilarious. Like there's one fight. Uh, there's one fight uh, you, when you're before you go into a main town that you stop into, you're stopped by these two guard dogs, but they're like anthropomorphic and they're fully armored and everything like that. And they're they happen to be married. Yeah. You know, like you do. <laughs> like you do. Um, they, they come up to you and they're all like, who is this? Yes. This, uh, 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 like that. And then you're in the fight. And and I I mean I, I want to say this one. Yeah, Let's fine. just say this one. This is very minor. The way that you uh, uh, win this fight uh, with without uh, actually using violence would be uh, to use the axe button. Well, we don't have to tell them exactly, what button, but you you convince them that you're a puppy. You convince them that you're a puppy. I'll say that. Yeah. You eventually convince, convince them that, you're, them that, a that you're a puppy, and and they're 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 a little bewildered at first. Yeah. They're just kind of like, wait a minute, is this a? Pu- oh, it must be a puppy. It must be a puppy. It's <laughs> like ah. Uh,
1: and then I mean I guess we can spoil this part. And then you pet them, and then they like a puppy can pet you. So this has changed everything. And they just and
0: they just kind of wander off, and you're just standing there like. Oh. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, apart from the apart from the fights, which you know it is a, a primary. You do spend a ton of time in the fights, whether it's boss fights or what have you. Uh, but the regular overworld also has quite a bit of puzzles in it, too.
1: Yeah. The um, game, especially in the first two areas, which are the ruins and sort of Snowden, uh, sort of wintry area, um, all the puzzles there are, like, really fun. They keep you really, like, engaged. The the fact that it starts off... The ruins are the greatest example because it just starts off, and you just have all these puzzles. Like, it just puts you right in it. Um, you really feel like you got dropped right in it. And there's a little bit of a gag where one of the, the second character you meet um toriel she kind of like leads you through a few of the traps at first it's like oh okay like but it's it it is supposed to be, Toby Toby said like in on record like yeah this is supposed to play on tutorial characters you just kind of like hold your hand or whatever but it doesn't feel obnoxious it just feels funny you're just like all right all right go bomb. like i guess you can just hold my hand here like and then once you get past it, it's like, it just feels like the whole world, like the puzzles are still there and they're still fun. And like moving forward is fun because of the things you're getting to do.
0: Like, I would like to bring up one thing um, in the in the field of misdirection, I guess, that this game is pretty this, brilliant at. This
1: game heavily relies on misdirection. If, if you assume any RPG tropes, it will get you. It will absolutely get you and you will be mind blown. Uh, maybe that's even too much of a spoiler, but rpg like it knows all the rpg tropes and it like gets you on them and
0: it'll misdirect you in a
1: bunch of other ways too it's really good at it
0: um so uh, this is not a spoiler i should say because this is very much in the beginning of the game and it also was in the demo too so this is not a spoiler right here but in the beginning of the ve- uh, very beginning of the game you know you wake up as as your child and you and, and your, your your avatar or whatever and then you walk around you encounter this bright smiling flower Oh, this uh this maybe weird sounding music kind of pops up and it's a smiling flower like a smiling cartoon flower it's like flowery. hi i'm Fla- howdy. howdy howdy i'm <laughs> flowy um, flower the flower and uh is is trying to teach you the mechanics of the game as you would expect a game like a conventional game like this to probably do yeah uh to immediately sort of teach you in that way
1: yeah and he's, so, he says here we're g- this is your soul and you know this is uh it'll grow over time and blah 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 yeah and, and you're like oh
0: okay our standard rpg, yeah, standard RPG stuff. stuff then he's like you know uh, uh in order to increase you know uh in order to increase you know yourself you have to increase your love yeah you know he's, yeah, like,
1: he's like yeah that's every world's love you want yeah. some
0: love don't you like, and he's yeah, like I you really collect really love, love <laughs> by these little white pellets friendliness, like, pellets. friendliness <laughs> pellets yeah like oh so i was like oh okay i guess because I knew nothing. I actually, I went into this pretty cold, let me yeah. just say. Um, I didn't even, I, I kind of avoided it from, from you know, the the usual YouTube outlets that I went through. Because I'm just kind of like, what is this? Whatever. I, I don't think I'd, saw, I'd seen a single bit of it. I didn't even know it had connections to Earthbound, to be honest with you. But Dave just wanted me to do it. And so I just, you know, he's like, Whoa, so I just did it. And, um, okay, so all this is happening. Everything seems fairly conventional. He throws the friendliness pellets at you. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go up and get it. <laughs> And what does it do? It nearly kills you. <laughs> and then Flowey gets on this immediately sadistic face, yeah. calls you an idiot, and says, <laughs> "And says that in this world, it's kill or be killed." And then yep. he surrounds you with the white pellets that are slowly coming towards you, and just says, "Die!" and laughs and laughs, laughs his creepy little laugh. But as the the pellets about to get at you, they freeze, and then he gets blown away by this new character named Toriel. Now seriously you guys the flowery scene messed me up <laughs> the flowery scene messed me up i was i was texting dave the whole time it happened and i was giving I him I some mind i was texts. giving him some choice words at the same time not that i was mad at him but i was already like what the? Yes, on? i was on? already like in it at this point <laughs> so yeah i was texting him the whole time and i was like scared too because they're just kind of like what just happened like and now this other character is coming out and Toriel comes up to you extremely friendly this is the nicest thing you the can nicest thing calling you like my child you know come with me you know I'll show you the right way after the flowery thing you're going like I don't trust you like, exactly like you're just like wait a minute and like the whole time you guys the whole time throughout this first like overworld we can call it the ruins level I was on edge the entire time and I guess it, it's not spoiling to say that nothing really happens nothing bad happens uh during this during this whole sequence but because of the flowiness direction yeah. I was messed up yeah. the entire entire time it's Um, it's
1: still the intro area so it's tame but you're like you're really on edge you're like all right, anything you feel like anything could just jump out and kill you at any moment you're like you're waiting for the other shoe to fall constantly
0: mm -hmm. and it's just it sets that up so darn well the art that Toby puts on Flowey also um can get genuinely horrifying. Yeah, I have to say, and it sounds weird me saying that because it's a cartoon. Flower. It's like a
1: super pixely game. Like
0: it is not good graphics. It's like it's about the same graphic, about the same graphics as like a Super Nintendo game. Yeah, it um, Super Nintendo. Yeah, I'd it's say either. so. Like so, it's not. It's nothing. It's not a graphic marvel, and it's not meant to be. However, it's Not even
1: particularly good Super Nintendo graphics, most of it.
0: No, I wouldn't say so.
1: But uh, it's too good to be on this. So, yes,
0: you know. and but just the character design that makes me you know just like almost shiver a little bit uh, particularly Flowey. the rest of the character designs are are still great as well but Flowey's are always like the most memorable to me um and i and i do say that there are multiple of that but that's all i'm going to say about that um so anyways that's how that starts i mean and even more when you move on from from toriel um you meet another character now and the way this starts out is that you're in a dead looking forest no yeah. music yeah it's so. like dark also you'd like and you're just going through these shadows and then you see a shadow following you and like the way it's set up you're just walking basically to like this long empty hallway and you're just like it's just like there's nothing you can do but move forward and you're just like this thing's coming for me like mm-hmm. whatever it is yeah until it eventually you know like Talks to you, yeah. No, no, like voice because there's like there's small little like the letters like pop up really slow too, yeah. and, like it spells out it's like mm-hmm. really eerie or whatever. Yeah, and like you know tells you to like you know shake its hand. You yeah, know? don't you know how to say hi to someone or something like that? And like, so you shake this shadow's hand. Just go ahead. And then what turns out to be. A whoopee cushion in his hand. <laughs> yeah. A very long fart sound effect happens, a, like uncomfortably long fart sound effect happens, and then the shadows are revealed to be uh, your, the next character that you meet. His name is Sands. Um, again, misdirection. Yeah. Um, you just went through some some pretty interesting stuff, which I won't go into. Yeah. And then that happens. Like it's it's meant to mess with you. Yeah. And it does it like on a masterful level.
1: Yeah. And and you know. I don't even know. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out like how much even do I want to talk about because like if we give away all the misdirections, like well, you know, it takes away so much of the game. Yeah, but, uh, so many of the characters
0: are just good. Um, you get introduced to a good handful of characters. All of them have a, a very unique personality. Mm-hmm. All of them have uh, a very unique character design as well, so they're also fairly memorable. Some of them have even like some of the greatest songs that you ever... Okay, I'm going to move on to heard. this. I know you are. Right, as soon as you said that, I'm like, all right, he's ready. The music in Undertale is the greatest uh, video game soundtrack I have heard in years. Multiple, multiple years. I have not heard a video game soundtrack this good in many years. Um, and and it's not, it's not a grand, epic, you know, Super Mario Galaxy, Nobuo Uematsu uh, sort of, you know, thing like that. All of it is okay, so as we said before, the the general graphics of it are pixelated-ish, you know, yeah. a, a very Super Nintendo-ish sort of style to it, you know, there's no, there's hardly any textures, there's none of that. And in the beginning, the beginning bits of the music is all 8-bit sounds. Yeah. So you're like, okay, it's a callback to that sort of stuff, whatever. Uh, the, some of the next music you hear is 8-bit, then some of it turns into, like, Super Nintendo-ish early DOS sort of sounds also, and so you're like okay i can buy it it's a new game are you talking like the ruins thing the ruins theme, yeah. yeah
1: it's got like a, a piano feel very specifically yeah. yeah
0: and so it's like i can buy that as like as like later dos or like uh oh, or, or even maybe a touch of super nintendo maybe a little bit um and then you kind of realize that just the music is full of this like it has no boundary many games like yeah. let's let's say like shovel knight that has come out another very very big favorite game of dave and i uh also uh, also wonderful wonderful soundtrack jay kaufman hopefully you're listening
1: <laughs> you know like you do <laughs> um
0: that that game is very much based on uh, uh, an, an, an nes 8-bit standpoint um, and the music is fully reflective of that also. It yeah. never it never oversteps that boundary. Yeah. Except for maybe a, se- a couple more layers that NES would not have been capable the of doing. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Undertale, though, has no boundary. Undertale has no boundary in the music. Toby Fox was the main developer as well as the sole composer yeah. of the whole thing, which blows my mind again.
1: Yeah. Constantly. He did all the
0: writing, which blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Toby didn't make the game by himself like he didn't make the game completely by himself, but he did most of it by himself for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um anyways, so the music was all done by him, and you just get the sense that Toby wrote and included instruments whatever he, that wanted, he wanted. That he
1: wanted. He he knew what he wanted it to feel like and he was like, Alright, I'm gonna use these instruments to get that feeling. Like, I didn't use this before, like alright, whatever, I'm using them now. Like, it is still pretty much all electronic there are a few points where he does use like real instruments uh but it <laughs> as you get to, it sort of almost builds like as you get to towards the end of the game like it gets a little bit more real sometimes uh, depending on what uh what version of the game you play in terms of how much you're a pacifist how many things you decide to kill and things like that um but yeah it doesn't but it, it's never jarring like it all flows well, and I don't know how to describe how it why it does that and why it doesn't feel wrong. Like-
0: you know, like I think it doesn't feel wrong because we like we buy into it, you know. Uh-huh. Um the fight the fight song that you hear. The fight song starts out as if it's fully NES <laughs> and then it moves into some sounds that you would not hear in the nes but it all just matches
1: yeah
0: um some of the boss fights that end up being some of my absolute favorite themes Mm -hmm. combine all of that combine like sampled instruments that you might hear in a current indie game currently that isn't based in pixels and whatnot Mix in with the super with the the nes 8-bit sounds i mean he even uses genesis the genesis sound card yeah, uh, for for like at least for one of one the songs.
1: specific, it's really interesting because like one there is one specific song uh, where he uses only the Genesis sound chip, which you're like, man, that thing is awful, <laughs> and it kind of is. But like when you when you're told like, oh yeah, this song will use Genesis, you're like, oh yeah, I, I guess it, I guess it does. But in the when you're there, it doesn't necessarily yeah. like. I'm sure if you grew up with the Genesis, and you might be like, oh, there it is, like there's just. But like for me, who just sort of had like you know my cousins had it or whatever, it wasn't <laughs> like an immediate like. Yeah, it's a Genesis sound but it like, he uses it better than the Genesis did. <laughs> like he understands it better <laughs> than the people who made it did. And he just uses it in such a way where are like, yeah, this is, this is pretty much what it probably should have been only used for in the first
0: place. And there it is. Like, I think I found that out with you. Like maybe I was hanging out with you at the time. I remember I told you, I don't know if we found out at the same time. I not. think I, well, I, in either case I was like, you know, like he used, you know, a uh, Genesis sound for, for this song. I was like, and I went back and I was like, oh yeah (laughs) yeah it totally is yeah there were multiple
1: times actually when i was playing the game um that just based on the sound effects that he used as well as sort of where they're placed in the game i knew he was doing a callback to another soundtrack which was super cool um Mm. there's one song in particular that is like a hardcore throwback to chrono trigger Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like he just ripped it from chrono trigger it feels like its own song and he was just like I want this to feel like this other game that I played and enjoyed. I'm going to use these sound bits, or I'm going to incorporate this thing it did. Uh, I could hear several things that I felt like were influenced by games like Super Mario RPG, or just other things that Yoko uh, Shimomura had composed. Which bonus points because we love her. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's all very good and very intentional. Everything he did feels like he wanted it to be exactly like this, and he nailed it.
0: The best thing about the writing of the soundtrack is that it's very it's it's very based on motives on motifs. Okay, uh, motifs are essentially just like small little musical themes, mostly attributed to a character. Yeah. They can be attributed to a place also, but in the case of Undertale, it's it seems mostly attributed to characters. Mm-hmm. There are tons of those in this game. There are absolutely tons of different motifs that pop up and every once in a while for because of a character that pops up, because of a story element that pops up, or whatever. It just they pop up everywhere. And, and you don't a lot of times you don't even realize it. No. It took me a while sometimes <laughs> to realize some of them. You're
1: like, this song is the same as this song. You're like Ugh! <laughs> But you realize it and it doesn't it still doesn't feel like you like were tricked, like, oh, that's just the same song, Lazy. It's like, Wow, that is—that's the same song, mm-hmm. and it's still really good, even in this form.
0: It's a thing that, like, tons of. Well, I mean, this originated back in opera, like back in the eighteen hundreds. Back in the eighteen hundreds, you know, like we were there just yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but, like, a lot of movie scores uh, uh, composers do this too. John Williams is a is a huge proponent of that, of like writing yep. themes, writing uh, motives and things like that for other characters and whatnot. And so, this is not a new thing but when it's executed as well as it is in undertale it's it's it works it doesn't seem like it's a gimmick it doesn't seem like he was trying to do it to seem smart or whatever i mean Nobu uematsu did that a lot too yeah and in, in games where he was able to use more orchestration like seven uh, seven and onwards um I mean, he did that an awful lot. We're like, you know, Oh, I've heard this theme before. Oh, I've heard this theme before. Oh, this character is back. That's why that theme is back and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's just a smart thing to do. Maybe he was also doing it to harken back to, you know, the old masters like that. And you know what? It works extremely well as a result of that. Mm -hmm. Um, it, we and and you know what? It's so closely tied to the characters that I can't even tell you like what they're called or like how it goes or whatever it's like that.
1: Such and such a theme. It's this <laughs> it character. It's theme. This
0: character's theme. <laughs> it's that character's theme and yeah. whatnot. Many characters have like multiple themes squashed into their one songs, and it just seems so natural. Yeah. um There's one particular boss. I'm not going to say the name or when it pops up or whatever like that. But there's one particular boss where that boss. Um, or, yeah, that character actually kind of has two themes attributed to this character. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and and the final fight with this character mashes up a new theme with those two previously stated themes. Yeah. And it just seems so natural. Yeah. They're not shoehorned in. Yeah. It's just a natural progression.
1: Yeah. I... I mean, how much more do you want to talk about music? I'm curious uh, I mean, I I to want... I can talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that song is one of our favorites in the game. I think both of us agree that that song is just one of the best. But I think the boss themes in general are the ones that really stick with us. Um, I think you in particular are just like this boss theme, this boss theme, this boss theme. I love the boss theme. too. There are a few other ones where I'm like, I like this one a little bit better. Um, but... The way that the music complements the boss fights is so good. You feel like it's so intense. Like and the boss fights are great. I'm I'm trying to find a way to transition the boss fights, but I don't want to cut you off on music because no, I, I mean, I could talk for All, all I would kinda too.
0: do is just gush on it the whole
1: yeah, time. Yeah, I mean time. but every every major boss fight has its own theme, specifically for it. It's not just, oh here's the here's the can you're fighting a boss music. Each one pretty much what are you like just realizing that yes (laughs) yeah like so many other and not to bash on those games because so many of those games the canned you're fighting in boss music is great it's still great but toby was like yeah i could do just like a canned boss fight, or i could write each one individually i guess and he did and they're great and each one matches the exact like exactly what the fight is trying to make you feel like if the fight is like super intense and it makes you feel like that uh, there's one fight where it's like kind of a joke up to a certain point, and then it gets serious, and like at that point the music stops, and then comes back with like a remixed version of it, oh and like,
0: oh, oh, no, like I you thought, thought really, this was a joke. You know it was really not funny. About, what's really funny about us talking about this is that we have to tiptoe around a lot of yeah, things. So yeah. now when I'm hearing Dave talk about this fight, I'm like, wait, which one is he talking about? There's a, there's a, oh. oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but like each. Each, <laughs> each boss theme simultaneously perfectly reflects the character you're fighting and gets you super pumped. And each boss fight has... Well, just about every boss fight has a different mechanic for you to learn. Um, yes. Specifically, they will usually have some way to change the color of your heart. Uh, your heart is just blue or red, excuse me, um, standard color. But then, like... <laughs> Um, other colors start to matter too. Like my personal favorite uh boss fight is probably the one where your heart gets turned purple. Um That one every time I play that fight, it's just so fun. And like your fingers have to move too. Oh, like, it's fairly intense. Yeah. Like you have to you have to be on it with those keys, with those arrow keys, man, because they're just coming at you. And, like, when you feel, like, yourself dodging all this stuff and you miss it, like, you feel like a god. You're like, I am the greatest who has ever played this game. I just recently went, in preparation for this, I decided, you know, I'm going to try it again. And, like, one of the quote-unquote achievements you can do is you can play through the game with no food, which is basically no healing items. And, you know, the achievement for that is one of the characters gives you one line of dialogue. <laughs> but you know what? I really wanted to do it, so I did it. And when <laughs> When I got through some of those fights that were brutal the first time I played through this game, like, I was like, man, I needed food here, uh, and a couple fights specifically. One where eating food actually gives you another benefit, but, um... <laughs> we can't talk about <laughs> oh, anything. Oh man. yeah, and that's the other thing is it's like anything, everything in the game has like these weird interactions. It's like everything was done. Spe- if you eat a specific kind of food in front of a character, they'll comment on it or something, or it'll do something else in the fight. Or there's just all this stuff for you to discover, and it's so cool. But yeah, uh, anyway, I made through with no food. And I felt like an absolute monster. I was pumped. <laughs> when I beat that final boss. I was like a wreck scrub. Like I am the greatest of this game's ever played. <laughs>
0: And that's not something you get in many RPGs. Like it's hard to replicate that. Um, we are really just sort of gushing over this game and kind of tiptoeing over it. And like, and it deserves to for sure. Go play this game. Go play this game. Really? <laughs> um, I did want to also mention, uh, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to, whatever. I guess I already did.
1: Well, well oh, okay.
0: Uh, well, just, um, the, you know, cause we were talking about music. There are, if you do just a very basic search on YouTube, tons of people have made covers of these songs yeah um many of them are like strictly video game affiliated like smooth the groove or some of them are just like you know they do covers you know like many like many youtube musicians do and they just got tons of requests to do undertale songs because they're just that good
1: it worked out because they got millions of views yeah really
0: (laughs) and many of them are like you know your common like metal covers or some of them are like you know, techno covers, dubstep covers and whatnot. I mean, that's everywhere, right? But um, there are also a lot of uh, interesting covers like, uh, well, like, you know, Smooth groove doing everything all acapella. Uh, there's uh, Suko G, who I just figured, who just discovered sort of recently, who does all of his covers like Smooth groove but with, kazoos Oh, the
1: kazoo guy.
0: You, you and that kazoo. Guy. I like him.
1: He's awesome. Oh, I'd, I'd love to meet him in person. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not a nice guy, but like, yes, you are. No, I'm not. I don't know the guy from anybody. <laughs> but on um, this guy. <laughs>
0: guy, you see him yes, walking he down the street. He's all like, "Oh, hi, Dave." Like, oh,
1: <laughs> I mean, not unless he just walk around with the kazoo. <laughs> like, true, dude. Like, that's just obnoxious. You all agree with me? That would just be obnoxious. <laughs>
0: Well, well, no, man, yeah. I'm not inviting you to my birthday party. No is no allowed. <laughs> um, there are lots of well, lots of covers of these songs everywhere. Um, since I hold the music in extremely high regard, there's only so many of them that I actually like. <laughs> oh like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, because it's sort of like a cover. If you're going to change it up, should make it better in some way. And this is also making me really snobby, whatever, or at least at least present it in a way that
1: isn't just like a copy of the version that's like slightly better, like like slightly quote-unquote better instrumentation. Mm. You know, like it's like, oh, we well, use real instruments for this, but it's the same
0: song. It's like... Eh, I and mean, then a lot of them are just like, I'm going to take this melody and I'm going to play it on a rock guitar. <laughs> I'm going to call it a metal cover. <laughs> Bam!
1: Shout-outs to Girls Melon. Oh. <laughs> that's an inside joke. Well, wow. like, oh, wow. I hope he
0: isn't listening to this.
1: If he's listening we'll have him on
0: sometime. I'm sure he's a great okay. guy. Maybe he'll write a theme song. Ooh. A new one. Nice. Um, there's a lot of that around. I mean, just in general, not just in Undertale. But since Undertale has such a huge fan base, um, it's it's happened around too. I mean, and we've we've gushed over this game and we could, honestly. This whole this podcast episode could be at least three hours of us just gushing over everything. And we barely even scratched the surface because we really, again, want to save it for you you know if you've experienced the game already in its entirety then you know exactly what we're talking about and all these things we're trying to tip around hmm. if you haven't though like you really should like yeah. I, there's no other way to just say there's that we no... there's no other way just to explain how good this game is we just have to implore you to please just give this a, give this game a try yeah
1: I, th- I think we're about to transition into some of the Laws of the game because we don't want to mislead you and tell you this is the perfect game. It's um, not, uh, and it's it's interesting. I, I sort of have this sort of conversation in my head, but I already have friends. So it's interesting that we're looking back at this game now, two years later, because at the time, partially because of that GameSpot like um, controversy, where this game was knocking out classic games left and right, a big thing was get back to me in a year get back to me in two years and tell me this game is so good because a lot of the games on our list are like Super Mario World, like Super Mario RPG, Super Smash Brothers Melee, like multiple games like the uh, Metal Gear Solid franchise, like all these games that have stood the test of time and you could go back right now and you could play it. And they're like, get back to those in two years. This game, you know, it's got a lot of surprise and shock factor, and it does, but like, how does it hold up over time? Um, And I really, I don't hesitate in saying that this game is one of the best artistic pieces of video game work I have ever seen. Um, The things that it does to make the player feel exactly what it intends for you to feel are so spot on. It communicates a message. um, It gets you invested in things that you shouldn't be invested in. It makes you care about things that are so ridiculous. It's insane. But you start caring about these characters and these things and maybe you won't maybe you won't enjoy it so much this game has a very unique sense of humor and while all the characters are great and they're very true to themselves they have a lot of personality you know maybe you just don't like it we'd be lying if we said we liked every character in this game (laughs) and by that i mean there is one character that we both don't like and you know that's one character out of how many like seven eight more like a lot and it's just this game isn't perfect, but I, I don't hesitate at all to call it art. If you're looking for a game that you want to see, what can video games do different? Like, yeah, you can play through an RPG and get a bunch of levels and go beat the boss. And, like, you did it. And, you know, maybe the story's good a long way. But if you want to see, like, an integration of the gameplay and then na- everything in this game matters. Let, let me repeat. Everything in this game matters somehow. He's it not lying. Doesn't,
0: He's not lying.
1: It's, like, you will just hear something. It's like, oh, that's a game mechanic it is not just a game mechanic and it lying. will you, you don't believe me but you will play through it and it will it will surprise you and it's not just like they did it just to surprise you it did it to add depth it did it to add meaning to everything you're doing and i i fancy myself i would like to think of myself as a good game reviewer i can play a game and i can understand what's good and bad about it and there's sort of this shift i did i did a paper in college mm-hmm. about video games um, and in my research I'm kind of proud of that paper. I liked it a lot. You should be. Um, And and in my research, I ran into this phrase where there are these sort of two camps in video games. There's the ludologists and the narratologists. Now, ludology refers to, I think it's Latin for play. Ludo means play. So it's it's all about the gameplay. You know, Pac-Man isn't trying to tell a story. It's great because of the gameplay. And then there's the narratologist. Well, that's of explains stuff. It's the narrative. So when you're playing games like Final Fantasy VII... It's not doing that much different in the gameplay that other turn-based RPGs back to like Final Fantasy IV did. There are some things and you can talk about those, but primarily it is great because there's narrative and like this sort of, this stuff that's quote unquote outside of the gameplay or the music, right? Music isn't necessarily adding to the gameplay. And so the way, if you talk about the way people um, understand and rate games, a lot of people lean really hard in one of those two camps. Um, the person I'm going to use as, as an example um, is Egoraptor, Aaron of Game Grumps. Um, he hasn't done this in a while, which is a real shame. I don't want to get into like, you know, bashing or whatever. But like, it's a real shame that he hasn't done more in-depth game stuff like he did in Sequelitis. Because Sequelitis is such a good look at why the gameplay is good. But what he considers to make a game great is like strictly the gameplay. If the story gets in the way of his gameplay, it's a problem like intrinsically. He is very heavy ludologist. That is where he leans towards, um, where he doesn't give the narrative as much credit. I probably lean a little bit more towards the narrative side. I'm an English major after all, but that doesn't mean I can't tell when I'm having, just a good time playing a game. Undertale does it both. It puts it all together uh, in an amazing way. Uh, This game really gets what it means to be a video game and to be trying to communicate something as a game and using all of the tools at its disposal to do so. Um... That's why this game is great at its core to me. It has individual great pieces. The music, the characters, the narrative, the gameplay is so unique and so fun to play. But at its core, it is great. And I think it does belong in that conversation of the greatest games of all time because of the way it puts it up. I'm not saying it is the greatest game of all time. Please understand. I don't think this game is perfect. Um, And we'll talk about that. Um, You know, but the things it does good, it does so well that... If anyone said this game is a 10 out of 10, I wouldn't disagree with them. If someone said it was a nine out of 10 because of the flaws, yeah, okay, I get it. But like, you know, that's where it is. So now now we can kind of transition into people who maybe don't like the game. And it's, as I'm going to refer to Toby a lot because he's talked about this, at points in this game's popularity, it has felt like a cardinal sin to tell Undertale fans that you don't like Undertale or <laughs> even that you don't love Undertale. If you're just like, yeah, it was okay, like whatever. Like they will mob you, they will find you and they will kill you. Uh, well, you know, online anyway. They'll downvote you to that's, oblivion. That's even worse. <laughs> Truly a fate worse than death. <laughs> but when asked about this game, Toby Fox has said, I think this is an 8 out of 10 <clears throat> niche RPG game. Uh, it's not for everyone, but if you fall in love with the characters, you're going to love it. And he posted this on his Tumblr, but the, the place that I first heard it was uh, from Pro Jared. Um, I am a pro Jared fan. I enjoy his video. So he did a playthrough of Undertale and he was heavily pressured to play through it a certain way from the beginning. And I think that is part of why he did not enjoy it as much. But even without that, he just didn't enjoy it that much. He found some of the, he he did see some problems in it. And, you know, as he expressed, it's not that he hated it, but he was like, yeah, it was a game. Um, And this is something that Toby said, I think on Twitter to him when they sort of conversed about this game, you know, they reached out to each other after he played and he was like, yeah, it was okay. And I think that was when Toby first said, you know, it's an 8 out of 10 game. It's got some problems. So here are some of the problems that Toby has admitted is in the game. And
0: people like Progerative have said are in the game. Biggest one for me, I think, is the pacing at some times. The pacing is, can be very inconsistent at times. Uh-huh. And you know what? To be fair, RPGs have these problems a lot. Where a lot of times things will just keep be kind of like, you know, bam, 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 right after another one huge event right after the other and everything like that. And other times it can be just painfully slow yeah. with not a whole mm-hmm. lot going on in between major events. And this game, this game suffers from that sin as well. Um, there is, I mean, David, I can think of at least three different lands that you have to go through that just go on and on. It's a,
1: it's a lot. The the game starts out so well with the puzzles. Mm -hmm. I think the first two areas are so solid on the puzzles they're Mm -hmm. fun and they're interactive and it's like, yeah, cool. And then as the game goes on, you start finding yourself just kind of in more hallways Mm -hmm. where you walk from one end to the other. And usually there's something that is different about the room but it's not always enough it's not enough to make it to make you ignore the fact that you're kind of just walking down a hallway and the way the game is sort of designed for you to walk around the rooms themselves are very they're always very blocky they're always very boring Mm -hmm. there's not that much color and Mm -hmm. that's sort of by you know by design but early on the game the puzzles are so fun and so interesting, you don't care that the room is just like a square and you walked one over to the other. There was a puzzle and you had a lot of fun solving it. But like eventually the puzzles aren't, they don't always stand up so great. And sometimes the room is just kind of like a maze where you're not quite sure which path to take, like the sort of stereotypical like dungeon in an RPG. There's not too many of those, but there's a couple I can think of. And you're just like, eh, this is just a room where I walk around and run into some random encounters, like whatever. And sort of, in between each boss fight which are absolutely the highlights of this game it just it drags a little bit where you're just like eh, I gotta walk through this hallway I guess. And you know for
0: a game like an RPG that's that's not nitpicking either.
1: No um, I mean that's a legitimate problem like yeah. that is why people call Final Fantasy 13 Final Hallway 13, <laughs> is you're just walking through these rooms if you want to talk about dungeons I'm going to refer to Pro Jared again because he's go check out his videos on the original Final Fantasy series I, I don't know how far he's going to go but he's done 1 through 3 and he's heavily implied he's going to do a bunch more and, and you know rest in peace uh, game trailers I am always Aww. I am always down for a Final Aww. Fantasy retrospective I am always down for a Final Fantasy retrospective and, yeah. you know uh, but you know he talks a lot about in this game the dungeons are good here's why in this game the dungeons are good and here's why um, so you know um, that's sort of it's not one of the game's biggest strengths and there aren't really dungeons quote unquote in this game it's like zone to zone but each zone is kind of unique and etc etc
0: so
1: uh that's probably the biggest issue
0: yeah and and again though that's not necessarily a nitpick either you know like it's if if you get a chance to play the game or if you have already if you've already played the game already you can probably think of these zones we can call them that just kind of drag on and on Uh, the music after a while to be fair, the music, even after a while, gets a little trying a little bit because it's kind eh, of, little bit. it's a loop. I mean, some of it, like, I mean, if I'm listening to the whole soundtrack, because I do that still, Yeah. honestly, are there people who don't, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not joking at all. Um, I will skip those songs because it's just eh. sort of like, ah, no,
1: I mean, there are highlights. There aren't any songs where I'm skipping because I don't like them. No, it's just that they're not as good as the all stuff. <laughs> I really want to
0: <laughs> listen to if I'm listening to Undertale. And so it does drag along um uh, many of these many of these these scenes here. Um Dave is right when like the first the first parts of the game are paced very well, mm-hmm. paced very very well. And then we kind of go through like a lot of schlock kind of. Yeah um so that's that in and of itself is a problem and that actually could turn people away especially if you are a little bit more on the ludologist side of things whether you realize it or not that might turn you down a little bit because you're just kind of like this is boring yeah. and to be fair also some of these zones do have some like elevation in the story as well right. or like some clues uh to figure out some more like things in the or story funny as well
1: characters or you
0: know but quote unquote, yeah but sometimes <laughs> the zones itself kind of don't make the experience all that great too. Yeah. So that is something.
1: And there's some things where something will happen. And it's, I, I guess the best way to say it is Toby Fox is a very random sense of humor. And when it works, it works really well, but there's a couple spots where something will happen. And you'll just be like, why did, why did this happen? Like, it just slowed me down a lot or it no. just kind of like, there are two specific characters who, who kind of, one does it more so than the other, but one's entire purpose is just to sort of pop up and talk to you as you walk through a long room. And it, like, I think it's supposed to be, like, some kind of, like, misdirection where it's, like, threatening or something. But at this point in the game, you've kind of figured out, like, all right, Toby, like, I'm on to your game. Like, what is this ridiculousness? And then you just kind of just chit-chats as you walk through the room. No, I really
0: did think he was going to pop up, and I was going to have to fight him eventually. Okay, well, that's
1: fair. But, like, after it does it, the joke, like, drags on a little too long. And you're just like, I'm sure I'll see that character again. Maybe you won't like the humor, and that'll turn you off, like, period. I like the humor, and there are still these parts where you go through this thing, and you're like, yeah, I got this thing, and then you turned out to not get anything, and you're just like, it's kind of feels bad, man. Like, <laughs> you laugh a little bit, but it's more to, like, keep from crying, because it's just like... <laughs> and, you know, it's just kind of like... <laughs> Some people are going to like the sense of humor so much that they're going to bust up laughing at that point. But you can see, as someone who likes the humor and didn't like these parts where it can it can grate on you a little bit. If you're just like, I just want to play this game and get the things that I feel like I should get for playing
0: a game, I guess. Overall, the humor's not perfect. Is what it's it not is. perfect, but it's great. Gameplay's not perfect either, as we touched on before. Um, this game also... this game if you want to play the whole experience of the game, moving on to another one, if you want to get the whole experience, you really do have to replay it. It's not, um, and that's that's with me not saying a whole lot, um, but you do really, you really should replay the game if you want to get the whole experience. Um, completionists, you I mean, know, the, the I mean, the completionist has revealed that there are up, upwards at 25 different endings yeah. depending on your choices. And, like,
1: they really fall into three specific categories. So, we just want to get the general categories. You only have to be, like, maybe three times. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know if both of them are, but one of them is locked behind having to do at least one playthrough before you can access it. Yes. Um, which is, the thing It is. I, I wrote this down uh, <laughs> specifically for after you've gotten at least two endings. Like, after you've gotten the endings you wanted to get. Because, we mentioned this isn't a long game, which is... It's a strength, especially for a game with multiple endings. Um, I made it on Pro Jared and Chroma Trigger again. When Project talked about Chroma Trigger, he talked about the fact that the reason this game is so good is because, one, it's actually short. Everything is compressed to be exactly as long as it needs to be. The pacing is great. And because it's short, it encourages you to replay it. And there are multiple endings which reward you for playing it over again. Undertale does that, too. Like a single playthrough of maybe, like, what, six hours? Yeah. Like, maybe? Maybe. <clears throat> um, and then you could just, right off the bat, you just play it again and it's not that long to go through it. Um, and the game actually will change based on how you've played it before, which is one of those things that's crazy is, like, why don't other people do this? Like, this is mm-hmm. so
0: smart and so good. It keeps you, you know involved. what? That is actually really important to make that distinction. Yeah. That, that it's you never can truly reset.
1: You can. Uh, I did it, actually. Um, oh, never mind. I, you can't show... from the record. Yeah, and this is kind of what I was talking about because I mentioned that as I was revisiting this game, I, in preparation for this podcast, I just played through it all again. And once you know where all the tricks are, once you know where all the jokes are, it's not the same, necessarily. It's not quite... The boss fights are still great, and challenging yourself to get through those boss fights is great. But, like... There's no, like, boss rush mode, obviously, so you've got to play through the game. And a lot of things that makes the game worth playing through is the humor and the story and the jokes and the mystery. And once all those things are gone, it's like, yeah, it's not like Mario World where you're just like, I want to play this game because it's fun and it's fun playing through this level. It's fun platforming. Like, sure, in the world, the exits are, but who cares? It's fun to get there. It's not necessarily that. All the bosses maintain their challenge and maintain their fun, but all the stuff in between, it's not quite as great. Especially if you have done a true reset, and the stuff you did before doesn't necessarily affect it. But yeah,
0: yeah, this game doesn't really have the as great as it is. It doesn't really have the last ability to pick up and play well, like you know. Mario Yeah, Bros. let's 3. clarify.
1: I, we, I just talked. I just gushed about how two years later this game is just as good. Let me make it clear. This game will. I don't think this game will ever age. I think if someone picked up this game and never heard of it 20 years from now, unless everybody's just picked up on what Toby's doing somehow and they can all do it this well and like how he's using these tools that nobody else is, I think 20 years from now someone will pick up this game and they, it will be just as good at making you feel what it wants you to feel. The music will be just as good, the characters will be just as good, the surprises will be just as surprising. Again, unless it just becomes the thing to do to do what Toby Fox started. And even then, It'll maintain its value because hey, it did it first and it started this whole thing, basically. Um, eh, earthbound gets some credit, but anyway, mm-hmm. then they're picking a little bit. But it it will never age. I don't think aging is not the problem. It's it's pick up and play again. Saul can pick up and play Aladdin a
0: bajillion uh, times on don't that you Super do you, Nintendo. Don't you put that evil yeah. on me, right? Uh, <laughs> well, you could. You're getting me distracted now. now <laughs> I just want to play Aladdin.
1: But that's the thing. Like you just want to play it. With Undertale, you don't necessarily want to play it. You just want to remember it. Yeah. You just want to feel it. It Again, I'll, I'm making a lot of references to other people. Maybe I shouldn't, but maybe this is just what reviewers do. You talk about when Eagle Raptor was talking about the difference between a game that you just scarf down and eat, 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 or that fine dessert that you just like you go through once and you kind of have to appreciate and slow down. This game is a slow, high-class dessert. Absolutely. And once you have it, it will, to me at least, maybe this is hyping up too much, the memories I have of that game and experiencing it for the first time are always going to be that are always going to be some of my favorite video game memories. Period. Doesn't mean I want to go pick up and play the game a bajillion more times. I might think I want to because I remember the boss fights. And mm. The boss fights it all make me want to play them again, but it's a one
0: save file again. I can't just save before all the boss fights I like right, and then right. just replay them. There's no boss rush mode, like you know. So right, I I think that's a very important distinction about that. You know, we uh, we can gush so much over it and over the music, over everything about this game because of you know because of how how incredible the experience was like when mm-hmm. we first went through them. On a subsequent playthrough, now that everything is you know "quote unquote" spoiled to us, you know what I mean. Which is why, which is probably the biggest reason why we're being so careful not to spoil <coughs> anything for you in case yeah. you haven't actually played it yourself. Is that when when it's spoiled, you know the the magic is gone. You yeah. know what I mean. It's essentially like, you know, reading through Harry Potter after watching all the movies. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have that. You don't have that first time experience. You don't have that. So so the last ability as far as it as a game. For people to play multiple times. For for people to play multiple times. Not quite there in comparison to like Super Mario World or what have you. I mean, just like, yeah, just like Dave said, it's like it's not a game that we ever want to just pick up and play. It's not. at this. That doesn't mean that it's any less of a beautiful piece of art.
1: Yeah, maybe that's why even more why we like the soundtrack so much because the soundtrack gives you what you want out of the game. You get to remember all those feelings, those moments, and you can just take it with you in the soundtrack. But I'm so you have to play the whole game again. And the music's great, which helps. But,
0: you know. On a side <clears> note, <throat> if you wanted to check out the music <clears> and you haven't played the game, you're free to. Yeah. But... I mean, <laughs> the best way to do it would be that even
1: all the tracks like
0: tell you what it is they are like No you're gonna be like what is dog saw <laughs> dog saw <song. laughs> what why does what is what does this
1: happen in the what, game? What is the name of this can you even call this a hotel? I didn't even get a mint on
0: my pillow or anything. That what Is that a line of time? What does that what is that? So it's not like it spoils it, but I mean it'd be like, you know, pick up the sound check right now to Final Fantasy 7 if you've never played it, you know? And tell I me did that. Did you really? I listened to the soundtrack of that game before I ever played it. Long before I ever played it. Same with Earthbound, actually. Do you think you like the soundtrack more because of that, or less, or whatever?
1: Mm, I might like it more,
0: actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. I I don't know because like I've heard tons of Final Fantasy VII soundtracks in my day. Full disclosure, I've never played Final Fantasy VII. That might be the biggest sin to me as we'll a gamer. I'll get you there. We'll get you there. <laughs> I'll get there soon. We'll get you there. Um, but, but I, I know my way. We will. Yeah, of <laughs> course. <laughs> you always. Have... Anyways, How's Final Fantasy. i going? gone. Why do we have to bring this up now? I mean, are we done? Are we done <laughs> oh, here? Continue, are we done
1: here? So I think that's the. It's
0: the death knell of this episode. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks yeah, so much. No I always count on you to ring that knell. <laughs> Anyways, um you can listen to the soundtrack for sure on your own without really experiencing the game, and I'm sure it's enjoyable. Um I wouldn't know because I played the game first, and I think that makes the game the, the soundtrack that much sweeter. So I guess just in conclusion, you know, we have spent probably Way too, four, long. way too long, probably a good four fifths of this whole episode just talking about how much we love Undertale, why we love Undertale, and yada yada like this. And rest assured, we could go on longer. I know you guys really want us to, but we're not going to. Um, and 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 we were fair a little bit. We talked about some of the, some of the flaws. We don't necessarily think it's going to be the greatest game of all time. You know, it is a great, great, great game. It is a, a masterful piece of art. It, I think it will go down. In history at least it should i think the internet has, has done enough of that <laughs> also for better or for worse yeah um and just i mean just in summary if you haven't played it play it yeah. please yeah it does it really does not take up that it's much of time. Huge,
1: yeah it's not a huge time investment it's not a huge financial investment Mm-mm. but it'll stick
0: it will stick it, i i almost can 100 percent guarantee you that like you know even if you're just sort of like all right fine enough people have been pressuring me uh, to do this, you know, or whatever, like that. I have a lot of friends that played it, whatever. I'm just going to do this. I'm talking to one particular person right now. He better know who he is. Really? Uh, oh, yes. Wow. He, he had oh, be- I guess. Yes. Yeah. He had better know who he is. Yeah. He's uh, he's a little cheap. <laughs> he's kind of weaselly. A little weasel. Um. That that he just need. I mean, everybody, not just him, but I am singling out this one person <laughs> that. You know, at first, you might be really begrudging and you know and some things I've already revealed about the beginnings and whatnot. But as you go on and on, like you will be immersed. like that is almost a full-on guarantee. if you if you're playing in this game and you're reading the dialogue and everything like that, you will get interested and you're gonna get immersed in this game. Yeah. This game is going to like affect you in some way, trust me. Um, whether you find something funny out of it, whether you just enjoy the music, whether or not you love the story, um, just know that this game has a lot of like, it has a lot of things to unfold. Yeah,
1: give it give it its time, give it its space. Like I said, you got to let it breathe a little bit. Um, yeah, you just got you got to commit a little bit of time to it. Um, I'm not quite willing to make that guarantee because I don't know. I'm scared of the pitchforks, but like, Whatever. I mean, some like, some people might just not like it, and like you know that's fine. But I don't know. I think they're missing
0: out. Uh, yes, it's, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think I think you're missing out yeah. if you if you let if you kind of allow some things to sort of like yeah I mean that's the best way yeah just imagine. sort of like oh well, you know the internet's like the, the internet's weird you know with a lot of weird artwork right, <laughs> stuff like that I mean I don't disagree with you by any means <laughs> yeah I mean brain. you're right you're not wrong you're not wrong but that well. nah, I mean just straight up moral of the podcast go play it if you haven't and if and if you have then bully for you. You know, yeah. you pretty much know exactly what we're talking about. Go
1: experience a little bit of gaming history and you can experience on the PS4 now or the PS Vita. You actually, have yeah,
0: them. it's kind of hard to, I mean, like we're doing this particular episode right now because of its most recent uh, release on the Vita and the PS4.
1: Not that we know anything about them. We haven't played those ones.
0: No, but no, I have spoiler. seen some, some, try try not to spoil is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Many, many things that happened in the game are kind of dependent on a PC. They feel
1: like they would be. I'm very curious to see how they wind up working out. Um, Specifically, some things near the end feel like, how does this happen if you're not on a PC? How does this happen on a console? It felt like it was released... On the console, it needed to be on to do exactly what it needed to do. So I'm very curious to see if that stuff
0: yeah. holds. let's leave that. As, let's leave that as vague as possible. Yeah, and let's let's. I mean, let's leave it right here. Yep. We we have gushed on, on on about this enough. Probably the longest episode easily. Uh, Maybe yeah. yeah. And it could easily be a lot longer too. Yeah. So thank you all so much for for joining us with here for joining us on this big retroactive or retrospective on uh, Undertale again. It's only two years old, yeah. and yet has affected us as much as. You know, a Final Fantasy game that's decades old. Um, we again, we would just recommend that you play it right now. Right now, um, yeah. right now. Stop, stop, it right now, like, and then listen to the last couple of seconds of this.
1: <laughs> you can you can do it while you listen to this. You can multitask. I believe in you. You can open up Steam. I don't. Well, whoa, okay.
0: Thank you all so much for tuning in uh, to the uh, to the Why Do I Talk to You podcast. We want to extend out a special thank you to uh, Danny Barrett Huver for our uh, artwork. And special thanks to uh, OC Remix, as well as uh, Rob KTA, XPRT and nov- uh, XPRT Novice uh, for our crazy awesome intro and outro music. Yeah. Um, please, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe because like we, subscribe. we are trying to make something of this. It would be awesome. Um, if you're listening to this on iTunes because we finally passed the censors, uh, please, uh, please share this with uh, with your friends. Please give us a nice review if you if you care to. Share us on social media. Um,
1: uh, we'll get some social media accounts for this thing up eventually.
0: Oh, eventually, <laughs> I guess. It, it depends, I guess, on these pitchforks that you keep talking about because yeah, of this yeah. episode. With <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, I am still for some reason Sol Starsheet 4. I'm Dave Gamer Dave Maple. And we will see you guys on the next
1: episode. Take care.